Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in K-12 ed tech this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. This week, we take a look under the hood. Lots of great pieces posted to eSchool News this week that focus on the IT departments at districts and some best practices that can get them running more smoothly, efficiently, and most importantly, safely for the sake of teachers and students. Let's get started. First, Nell Morrison, he's the Director of Technology for Pittsburgh ISD in Texas, offers some tips that can help IT departments better handle future challenges while generally improving operations for the long term. The article is called Five Ways to Make Your IT Department More Efficient, and it's up on the homepage. I'll just tease you with three here. First, he writes, getting support from administration is vital. While some folks might perceive that fixing an IT problem or distributing new hardware is as simple as knowing what button to push, leaders across the board need to understand the complexities of IT and the importance of planning and systems for an IT department. For instance, when our district needed to implement multi-factor authentication to update ransomware policies, I knew the technical change was relatively simple. But when communicating the importance of this new policy and training staff, I feared resistance. Our school board president not only understood why we were taking this step, but he offered his expertise as a resource, if needed, to convince skeptical staff about the change. It's very helpful to have someone, both at the board level and the executive level, who understands IT. He goes on, it's also important to actively invest in team building. He writes, we are fortunate to have several people on staff with aspirations to one day become district IT directors themselves. During the pandemic, it was clear we needed regular check-ins with everyone so that I understood the pressures they were battling. But I also realized that this was a great opportunity to show them part of my job as the IT director. In the past, I handled our district's E-rate application and budgeting, not wanting to bother my staff with those administrative tasks. But when considering their long-term goals, I opened up more to show them how I do these sorts of things. And finally, he says, pick software tools carefully. It's easy for teachers to grab a free learning tool without thinking about the long-term ramifications of security and support. Our IT department decided quickly during the pandemic to standardize the tools offered to our staff. We did listen to teachers' preferences, but we vetted those choices carefully. And if those companies met our expectations, we made those tools available to the entire staff. However, we also stuck closely to our standardization plan so that we didn't dilute our effectiveness or stretch the team out necessarily. Be sure to go online and read the rest of his insights. There's lots of great stuff in there. Next, there's probably no other higher priority for IT departments than when it comes to its cybersecurity protocols. In the article entitled, Three Critical Considerations for the Future of School Cybersecurity Training, Warren Young, he's the Area Vice President for Absolute Software, writes about how to better prepare and protect students to be a line of defense against malicious attacks. First, he writes, how did the pandemic affect cybersecurity? He says, security protection took a back seat to the idea of simply making sure every student had a device to work from during those months of madness. Few schools had proper security posture to begin with, 
and the rapid dispersal of devices and reimagined use of previously retired devices created larger holes and pressure points in security than ever before. Schools over time simply became more susceptible while simultaneously getting no new protections. Then he asks, you know, who is the most accessible target for a school ransomware attack? Unfortunately, he writes, students are the most susceptible to those cyber attacks. And while schools can take every precaution in terms of ad blockers, restricted websites, and patching updates, students are learning tech hacks at a rapid pace to maneuver those safeguards. While employees may receive intermittent phishing tests or requirements for security training from their employers, students are presented with these learning opportunities far less often, even if they are the ones more likely to be targeted with these phishing scams and suspicious links. So in the end, he writes, who is responsible for improving cybersecurity education? In an ideal setting, schools would implement cybersecurity training across the board, from students to teachers, even to parents. Everyone should be given the proper education and training to respond to a cybersecurity event and avoid them in the first place. He wants you to consider a multi-pronged approach, starting with summer vacation. IT teams should ensure that property security controls are activated on student devices. It's best to take as much of that responsibility away from the students as possible. Next, send a letter to parents on how to make sure their kid's device is updated. Lastly, help teachers and students understand what to do to improve security. That might be a checklist for a signs of cyber attack or a simulation that teachers can run once a semester to, to stay up to date. But really, you know, all these tips, and he has many more in the article, and I encourage you to go up again and, and take a look. The insight that I draw away from here is the idea of the entire community, that it's not just the teachers that are responsible for this. It's the students, it's the parents. And once you create a culture that way, you're actually helping the wider community in their own protections. And finally, while the unfortunate news of teacher shortages have been taking up the headlines this fall, there also has been staffing challenges when it comes to IT departments. In her essay, Four Ways to Tackle IT Workforce Shortages, Lauren Bazile, she's a senior marketing communications professional at ENA, describes some ways on how to handle it. She writes, the great resignation, the war for talent, the K-12 staffing crisis, whatever you call it, school districts have a retention problem, and it's not unique to teaching staff. Superintendents, principals, nurses, bus drivers, power professionals, and others are departing in droves. So how do you deal with this? She writes, number one, consider hiring outside experts. With professional and managed services, districts can assess the expertise they need without hiring additional staff. These services extend internal teams with easy access to certified engineers who have a deep understanding of the K-12 technology requirements. IT teams can collaborate with and lean on world-class network and cybersecurity experts to optimize their environments. Now we get to another EdTech acronym that we haven't had in a while, the MSP, the Managed Service Provider. She writes, it's not too good to be true. Whether a district needs general support, advice, guidance on a product, or troubleshooting an issue with their network, they only have one vendor to call, their MSP. The MSP will work directly with the district's equipment or hardware manufacturer to troubleshoot the problem 
and oversee carrier management on their behalf, no matter how many underlying providers there are. Additionally, Many MSPs proactively monitor district systems and can often address problems before they're even aware of an issue. And that minimizes downtime and saving precious money and resources. So while there are some some cons to having outside contractors come into a district in terms of team management and team camaraderie, desperate times can sometimes call for desperate measures. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the edtech space. One more thing, eSchool News back-to-school webinars are in full swing. Join me this Thursday, September 15th, when I'll be hosting a live roundtable discussion about teacher shortages and solutions to address this immediate need. You can find details on where to get the webinar up at eschoolnews.com forward slash webinars. Remember, eSchool is always free and always trying to help innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.